Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of EO Fire and welcome to Master Leadership. Great leaders ask great questions and this podcast takes you on a journey to master leadership with questions that matter to leaders who matter with your host, Lily Sinabria. Hi, this is Lily, and welcome to Master Leadership, where we connect with leaders worldwide to gain insights on important topics to help us on our journey towards greater significance. If you would like to participate as a guest, or if you have a question that you would like to ask a guest, go to masterleadership.org for more information. Jim Pakoulis is the director, CEO, and chairman of Bush Plant-Based Brands, Inc. that provides a healthy, non-GMO alternative to comfort foods. Jim has over three decades of experience working with public and private entrepreneurial companies in a variety of emerging sectors and has developed a unique eye for identifying small emerging publicly traded companies and quickly scaling them. He has taken ventures from zero to 16 million in two years, and now he is leading the forefront of the trillion dollar shift from animal based protein to plant based protein. He is passionate about being in the plant based sector because simultaneously it helps individuals eat healthier foods, decreases the butchering of the animal kingdom helps the planet by restructuring farming resources for sustainable purposes and helps to preserve the depleting water sources. In Jim's spare time, he has co-founded an animal rescue nonprofit where he has helped save over a thousand animals from being euthanized. Our interview will continue after messages from our sponsors. Have you been wanting to launch your podcast and just haven't found the right resources? I launched Master Leadership Podcast in 2016, and it now ranks in top 1% globally. I've gathered all I've learned and created Master Your Podcast in a Weekend course on Master Your Swag app so that you have everything you need to share your voice with the world, minus those excuses. So download Master Your Swag app on Google or Apple platforms to access the Master Your Podcast course and launch your podcast this weekend. Welcome, Jim Pakoulis. How are you? Wonderful, Lily. How are you? I'm doing well. (laughs) I'm so happy to have you on our podcast. Are you ready to point to our listeners? I would love to. Thank you. All right, Jim. Well, tell us a bit about your path to leadership and what you're doing now. Sure. I started back in 2010 in the emerging small cap markets, taking a company public. Actually, it was one of the first companies in the cannabis space that I was involved in as the CEO. I had taken Weedmaps public when it was doing zero revenue back in 2010 and grew it from 210 to 212. Uh, We ended up doing uh, roughly $16 million the second year into it. Uh, did a reverse merger, went public with it. Uh, stock went from about 28 cents to over $4. So it was baptismal by fire for me in the public arena and also one of the first, very first companies in the cannabis space. And now there's thousands and thousands of publicly traded companies, but I was one of the ones out there taking the arrows. 
Uh, since then, I spent a lot of time as either, either president or CEO in publicly traded companies, uh, which got us into Boosh about two years ago, the group that I work with that helped financially underwrite my transactions. We were agnostic and we were looking at different sectors. And we said, what is going to be the most prominent five to 10 year growth sector? And we came across the plant-based industry. And besides it being righteous and something we all love because the flavors and the foods in the plant-based sector are getting so good now, we felt that we really wanted to delve down into it. And so we looked at 30 to 40 different companies in 2019, uh, was fortunate enough to be introduced to Boosh. They met our metrics. We have a pretty high bar as far as our metrics, what we're looking at for acquisitions, et cetera. And we moved forward with Boosh and subsequently did an IPO with them in May, 2021. A lot happened in May, 2021. Yes. So Boosh, I've never heard that name. Does it mean anything? Is there an origin to this name? Yeah, so the definition of the French applies to the mouth. The urban definition has to do with taste and love and feel good and mouth. So it ties to the mouth. So all of this is connected to your passion. The fact that you're focusing on plant-based protein tells me that you are passionate about animals. Very much so, yes. Uh, in fact, actually, in one of my previous lives, I created an animal sanctuary and we ran it for a couple of years. So yes, I am very passionate about animals uh, as well as the planet earth, right? We have limited resources here. So in short, why not do something good for your body, help animals and save our limited resources on planet earth, hence plant-based industry. You know, I love your perspective because it's about adding value to life around you. Well stated, adding value, not just for dollars, not just to try and get your next financial quarters as strong as possible, but what can it do to expand your horizon and expand the world around you? How can you help? How can you be an asset in this world instead of a liability? That's a great question to ask ourselves, not just ourselves, but the people around us. Like, what do you want to do with your life? What's your passion? That's right. So where can we get more information about what you do? Sure. So a little bit of chronology, Boosh Food. It's located uh, headquarters in British Columbia, outside of Vancouver. And Boosh specializes in non-GMO, gluten-free, heat and eat family meals. So Boosh has six frozen meals, entrees, fantastic, absolutely fantastic. Last summer, we rolled out three refrigerated products, all plant-based, mushroom gravy, sloppy joe, and chili. And then in the fall, we rolled out two different shelf-stable mac and cheese products. So from the beginning of 2021 to the end of 2021, we went from 100 stores to 600 stores, primarily in Canada. But now we've branched Boosh, which is a publicly traded company, as I mentioned. We've expanded that from Canada into the United States. So we're now just getting our running legs into the United States with Boosh. We also have commenced e-commerce with Boosh. So there are multiple avenues now we're pushing the Boosh out. And we also did three small transactions last year as it relates to Boosh. And then we just did a very large transaction and closed last week. We just purchased Beanfields. Beanfields is also a plant-based ship chip, but they sell in over 7,000 stores throughout North America. So a very transformative, important, and personally speaking, one of the most critical transactions I've ever done in my life for the benefit of a company. It's just, a, it was a phenomenal transaction for us. I love it. So it's bushfood.com. Is that correct? 
That's right. Singular. Bushfood.com. People can look at us at bushfood.com. We trade on the Canadian CSE under VEGI on the OTC under VGGIF. So you can find us in either location, but of course, bushfood.com, and you can source all types of information, as well as a locator where you can go to the grocery store to pick up Bush food, and eventually we'll have uh, bean fields on there as well. I love your energy. I love your passion. This is your space. And I love (laughs) your origin story. Like, what got you to this place? Like, what's the passion in your life that got you to this space? Yeah, wow, what a great question. You know, I've always had the garage mentality, Lily, as far as business. I love business, but I don't like the corporate structure of formalities and offices and committees and subcommittees and sub-subcommittees and tiers of management. I was never attracted to that, but I always love the concept of, hey, I got an idea. What if we, and then you just roll out with that, and then if the idea has merit, and is worthy enough, then you're going to eventually have people that will gravitate with you to push that idea forward. And then eventually financing will line up accordingly. Now it's always ups and downs, right? Especially when you have that entrepreneurial mentality, but that's just my DNA. I just have always gravitated to that arena as opposed in the business world to the big, what I refer to as the stuffy type of environment. I never dug it. So that has it. And then tying that into something that really is righteous, I think, plant-based foods. And if you look at the millennials, the Gen Y, the Gen Zs, the Gen Xs, they're the ones that are being so disruptive in this multi-billion dollar transformation from animal protein to plant-based protein. Why? Because they care what goes in their body. And as we discussed earlier, they care about the animal kingdom and they care about the planet far more than my generation. I'm in my late fifties, far more than my generation did. So they're actually leading, which is wonderful to help us preserve our very delicate resources that we have. I love that, you know, you're able to see that as a baby boomer. So high five to baby. <laughs> you love ideas. I get you because ideas come to me. I drive people crazy sometimes who are <laughs> because I have these ideas. Now, one of the things that happens is some of those ideas come to me and they're for me, but some of them come to me and through me and they're valuable to me. Ideas are valuable. What's the filter that you use to figure out, you know what? This is a good idea. This one, not so good. I could give you a very sophisticated, well-thought-out thesis on that, but here's the bottom line. If I wake up in the morning saying, oh, man, I can't wait to go do what I'm supposed to do, that's it. It's how much I like it. You know, If I dig it, and I really dig it, and I dig the plant-based industry, how can you not? Right. We love food and I love chips. And now we're, we own one of the most prominent plant based chip companies. So, bottom line is if I enjoy it, that's the first metrics of me wanting to get into the industry. Okay. Yeah. I really like it. Then it's what are the other business aspects of it? Is it good? You know, listen, if about 30 years ago, I wouldn't be as conscientious in regards to the things I'm conscientious as now. But I do want to help promote while I'm on this earth to help people, to give them a little bit more benefit in their life. And I think that would be the second metrics. The first one is, do I like it? And the second one is, is this going to be helpful to people? And how can I be a catalyst to bring that product to the consumer into their homes? Because everything now is home-based, is going into the house. So I guess those would be the two main variables, Lily. And then from there would be the financials, the industry, the sector, and et cetera. And I read your leadership statement, how you focus on making a healthy alternative to comfort food. Comfort food, yeah, it's great, but it's sometimes really bad for you. 
And so, yes. so to have an alternative, hey, I'd like that. I'm going to make sure I get on uh, bushfood.com. And the origin of that was the founder of Bouge Food, Connie Marples. She is the one that created all that and that concept for flexitarians like us. Yes, I like my chicken and I like my fish and once in a while I'll have a steak, but I want to have the more plant-based foods. I want it to complement what's on that plate. I've traveled all day yesterday. I left the house at six. I got home about nine last night. And at airports and on the road, you just can't find healthy stuff, right? Just as you had just referenced, it's just you want to put good stuff in your body. And as you get older, it's more important that you do go ahead and consume healthy related products. You know, I learned a new word today, flexitarian. I learned it about a year ago. Simply means somebody that likes meat, but also is geared towards the plant-based sector. There you go. And there's another one. You have the extroverts, you have the introverts, and introverts. then you have the ambiverts. This is a new one for me. So there you go. You talk right me. on. Well, thank you. <laughs> All right. So uh, Jim, as a lifelong learner, what are you learning right now? Patience, <laughs> patience, patience, patience. In the past, uh, things moved very quickly. Technology moved very quickly. Even in the cannabis sector, moved very quickly. In the consumer goods industry, things do work slower. And that's what I had to adapt to as far as pacing myself for the marathon as opposed to the sprint that takes place. For instance, if you want to get on the planogram of XYZ grocery store for the holiday season of 2022, you better be prepared to start doing all the work right now and getting in there and preparing for that. So I guess patience would be the biggest one. And I'm always trying to make sure I keep a semblance of everyone's position around me. As the CEO, you have to make decisions all the time, but I love input from everybody around me as we form a decision in order to take the next step forward. You know, that doesn't surprise me because you value those around you. And so right from the very beginning, I got that about you. That's really powerful. People would want to work for you because of that. You know, because you value them. And that's one of the pillars of leadership. So that's fantastic. Now, when you think of leadership today, Jim, what most concerns you and what are you most hopeful about? Lack of integrity and a new generation that appreciates integrity, forthrightness, truth. Just walk your talk. Yeah, it doesn't have to be this Herculean, magnificent, overarching. It can just be, just do what you say you're going to do. Stay in your lane, keep the ego at the door, and just go to work. That's it. And it's simple. Yes, it is very simple. That's simple, but not many people live in that space. And I love what you said about the future and how hopeful you are about the future and those who are coming up in the next generation. And so that's one of the reasons I'm doing this. Good for you. Um, Way back in 2016, I looked at the landscape and thought, I'm an educator. So it's talk about industries that move slowly. Um, Yes, right, right, right. You know, we educate the world and yet we don't teach leadership. And, you know, when I looked at what was going on in the world, I thought, what's my responsibility here as an educator? Now I'm able to speak to people like yourself. The purpose is for us to grow collectively. Absolutely. So I love what I'm doing. And thank you so much for your insights, your input. I actually thank you for doing it. You have a very wonderful mouthpiece uh, through the podcast, which reaches out to a, a large base. So thank you. This is a partnership for sure. Now you have an option here. You can take a question from a former guest, or you can share a challenge, a struggle that you learned from. If you have a question, happy to field any questions you have. 
All right, so Tim Cosby wants to know, what do you think your growing edge is in leadership? Tim, great question. Being seasoned, I think leadership, you may have a little bit in your DNA, but you also have to absorb all of the surroundings as you go through life. I would not have my foresight that I have now at the age of 22. So a lot of it comes from experiencing, watching, listening, reading. I have so many audio books that I read on businesses, on leadership, on failures. You know, one of a great way to learn how to lead is reading about the various failures that take place. And there's a lot of failures. The graveyard is full of failures. And a good leader has to fail. They have to expedite their failures before they can reach their achievements. It's just no one is going to hit 100% every time. Warren Buffett has made errors. You know, major players have made errors. Everybody who goes into that leadership role, which is a risk-taking role. You better have a strong constitution and thick skin as you grow into a leadership role. You will not please everybody. And if you are pleasing everybody, you're doing it wrong. You will never please everybody. You're going to please at best 60 to 70% of the group at any given time. And that's okay. One last thing is that don't try to be friends with everybody. Respect everybody, but don't try and be friends with everybody. If you treat them well, you will become friends with them later on. But if not, you won't. A quick story. I was playing lacrosse when I was growing up and we had a high school coach that came in and he was from a very prominent lacrosse college. And he came in and we're high school kids, you know, 16, 17, 18 years old. This guy's 21, 22. And he wanted to be our friend. And we had an outstanding team. We could have gone to regionals, probably could have gone to state but he wanted to be our friend. He didn't know how to lead. And we did terrible that year. The next year, another coach came in. And the first thing he said to us was, I don't care. I've become friends with you or not. I will take you to the finals. And within a month, everybody just worshiped this guy. He became our friend and we went to the finals. So leadership is about gaining the respect of the individuals that whomever you are leading. You know, it's interesting when you said, don't be friends with everyone. What comes to mind for me is, don't think of pleasing everybody. In other words, if, if you're a people pleaser, you're going to encounter a lot of difficulties. I love making friends, even as a leader. Sure. However, That's... the key to that is not to you know, be a people pleaser, not to let that control you. You certainly learned a lot. Yes, absolutely. And I still talking about it 40 years later. It just yes. stuck with yes. me, right? It's such an important, I've read it so many times. And you're absolutely right. Pleasing as opposed to being friends. I'm going to incorporate that. I'm going to steal that from you, Lily. Pleasing as opposed to, thank you. All right, Jim. So Jim, as a listener of this podcast, what's a question that you would like a future leadership guest to respond to? Like, what are you curious about? Boy, that is a great question, Lily. Maybe the whole family balance. I tend to get into a position where I'm constantly on the road for whatever company I'm working for. But yet there are some really successful leaders that I really admire and am somewhat jealous who have four or five kids and have a beautiful home life and are also very successful on the road. So I guess maybe it would be, so how do you find harmony between work and your personal life? 
Jim, an excellent question. We will absolutely pose that to our next guest. Now, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? From a business standpoint, as a good leader, of course, I want to go ahead and be the biggest cheerleader for our company and for your listeners who may be also interested in investing. Obviously, always do your due diligence if you're going to invest. Never invest blindly or through a tip. Read the prospectuses, etc. With that said, we have an extremely interesting small emerging publicly traded company called Bush Food. We just acquired a company doing very strong revenue called Beanfield. Also, Lily, we like to do is be as non-dilutive as possible. And what that means is we don't like to issue lots and lots of shares, which hurts all of the other shareholders. So we're what's called a conservative capital table. And so most companies in my world will go public. They'll have 50, 100, 150 million shares outstanding. We went public with just 16 million shares outstanding. A lot of inside ownership. Another key thing for potential investors to key in on, okay, is management owning the shares and are its management still working for the company and with us? Yes. And yes. And then what's the growth potential? Again, getting back to the industry, what industry are you in? And is your company infrastructure and operations set up for scalability and growth? And with us at Bush Food, the answer is yes, yes, and yes. And that has to do with, as we talked about, just being seasoned, just having done this so many times and making mistakes along the way and learning from those mistakes to create what we believe is a very attractive financial vehicle for growth. Love it. You know, as you're talking, I'm thinking of the new concept that's coming up, quantum leadership. I don't know if you've heard it, but (laughs) quantum leadership, it's basically as a leader looking at how who you are in this world affects everything. Yes, Um, we're all connected. And so when I think of quantum leadership, my friend, I think of you because (laughs) Thank you on a global level. You're thinking, you know, this isn't just for me. This is for the people around me. This is for the people who we touch. And it's always about adding value. And so I love it. Jim, thank you so much for adding value to me and to our Thank you, Lily. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great to meet you and chat with you. And I can't wait to have a few uh, plant-based chips with you sometime. Wonderful. Love it. (laughs) Have a great day. Thank you. Bye, Lily. In closing, here's a quick message. Coaching is the art of influence that underpins leadership in the 21st century. It is the very thing that can get you from being stuck to being extraordinary. So go to masterleadership.org and sign up to get a free coaching session. Until next time, continue to ignite that leader in you.